Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Love Letters and Mixtapes. This week, I want us to explore passive-aggressive behavior and communication. Now, before we begin really diving into this topic, I want to remind everyone that it is so easy to move through life pointing a finger at other people. Because as soon as I said the words passive-aggressive, I'm sure someone in your life popped into your mind. And yes, that's relatable. We can all think of people that we've dated, maybe people in our work environment, people in our family who have engaged in passive-aggressive behavior and communication. But as we do with every single topic that we explore on this podcast, we are using this as an opportunity to, yes, understand the world around us, the people in our lives, but also to take a look in the mirror and check in with ourselves and say, when, where, and with whom am I engaging in passive-aggressive communication and behaviors and strategies? Am I even doing that just 1%? Am I doing that unconsciously? Am I doing it on purpose? And is there anything that I can do differently? So I encourage you as we move through this topic to, yes, be aware of your life, your surroundings, the people you interact with, but please always take a moment to reflect, check in with yourself, not villainize anyone, but try to seek some understanding. Why do I engage in this behavior? What interactions have I had in my life that really laid the foundation that this was a tool to use in these experiences. And we do this to deepen our understanding of why the people in our lives might engage this way. It's very easy to point a finger and make someone an other, but it's far more challenging and transformative to look at them as an extension of ourselves, to have some compassion and empathy and understanding. And we can do that with boundaries, we can do that with self-respect, but I think it's helpful to remind everyone that exploring these topics is in no way storing up ammo and collecting evidence so that we can harm someone. Okay, so with that caveat, let's dive into this topic. What is passive-aggressive behavior and communication? I think that there is a lot of confusion and misconceptions out there, as there are with almost any topic we talk about. And I'm sure as I talk about it today, someone will listen and have a completely different understanding about what passive-aggressive behaviors are. That's totally fine. Today, as I'm sitting here recording this, this is my understanding of it. Passive-aggressive behaviors involve expressing negative feelings indirectly and doing so through nonverbal means or disguised actions. And we can see these pop up in our family dynamics, in our intimate partnerships, 
And we also experience them at work. And they show up sometimes as sarcasm, subtle digs, maybe avoidance, weaponized incompetence, protest behaviors, and we will begin exploring all of these, but also identifying some ways to navigate them so as not to add fuel to the fire. Because at the end of the day, we always want to be at peace with how we showed up. And I think it can be very easy to engage and take the bait in these situations, but where will that eventually lead us? Does that help heal the relationship? Does that move us forward? Does that get us to where we want to go? It might feel good in the moment to throw out a zinger, but at the end of the day, we are left with how we walked through the world, how we engaged, how we showed up. And I think most of us don't want to feel rotten at the end of the day. We don't want to feel ashamed or embarrassed about our emotional responses. So let's go a little bit deeper into passive aggressive behaviors because they can be challenging to identify at times. They often disguise themselves in subtle actions. And we can sometimes be in a situation where we're experiencing them, but we don't realize it until afterwards. Maybe what we notice in the experience is a sense of confusion or discomfort and then only later as we're processing what has gone on do we realize what actually happened. And one of the big problems with passive aggressive behaviors is that they're almost seeds. These seeds that get planted in relationship dynamics and when we do not address them, they grow like weeds. They create an incredibly toxic atmosphere and once they become overgrown, it's really hard to pull them back. Let's explore some examples of passive-aggressive communication that you might recognize. In our family dynamics or personal relationships, we might receive a backhanded compliment, and I say that using air quotes, where someone says something like, oh, you're so brave to wear that outfit. Maybe we experience the silent treatment as someone's way of expressing displeasure or frustration without verbalizing it. And I do want to say something about the silent treatment. Setting a boundary with someone is not the same as silent treatment. Asking someone to stop communicating with you is not the same as the silent treatment. Maybe we'll come back to that in a later episode, but I thought it was important to highlight. Another version of passive-aggressive communication is using sarcasm to convey criticism indirectly. Saying something like, great job on doing blah, 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 when it's not what we genuinely mean. And what we're actually trying to say is, you could have done a better job, or why didn't you try harder, or I'm disappointed, but we don't actually say that. So we want to give the dig, but we also want to create confusion. Passive aggressive behavior can also look like deliberately procrastinating on tasks. And this can happen actually in any dynamic. So I know I started saying we're talking about passive aggressive behavior in our relationships, but this can show up anywhere. If you have the time, the skills, the ability to do something, and you just deliberately refuse to, then making the task late or doing it poorly or doing it rushed, 
And we're doing this to express our annoyance that we were asked to do something to begin with. But instead of just coming out and saying that, we behave poorly. It can also come out as making subtle or negative comments about someone's choices or actions. Something along the lines of, I would never do it that way, but you seem really happy with your decision. And we do that on purpose, right? We want to make the other person insecure and uncomfortable instead of just directly expressing ourselves. And it's pretty layered when these things occur in a family setting because we can become pretty rigid in our interactions with our family members. They've become very coded within us. And it can be very challenging to try something new. Passive-aggressive behaviors also highlight and influence power dynamics. So we can see this in our families when someone employs indirect criticism or silent resistance in order to assert control or shift the power dynamic or express displeasure. And this creates an atmosphere of tension and uncertainty. We are all walking on eggshells because we can feel that this person is disappointed in us or frustrated or angry, but they refuse to communicate it verbally. And instead, they rely on this shift in the power dynamic to disrupt the family unit, almost believing that this disruption will shake things out the way that they actually want them to be. So everyone will snap to attention and do the right thing because they're so uncomfortable versus me actually communicating my needs and giving the other people the opportunity to meet those needs. So before we go any further, let's check in with where these passive aggressive behaviors originate. And I want to clarify that this doesn't make anyone a bad person. And I know that that's sort of a thing these days that we have to make one person the victim and one person the villain. That's just not how I look at the world. I think that we're all people attempting to get our needs met, attempting to communicate and be seen and heard and respected. And we don't always know how to get there. So this discussion is not about good versus evil. It's just about working on emotional intelligence, emotional sobriety, emotional resilience, management, and our communication skills. Now, I've always believed that passive-aggressive behaviors and communication arise when someone is uncomfortable with expressing their needs, their wants, or concerns directly. And instead, they resort to indirect methods as a defense mechanism. It's a way to get their needs met as a survival tool. And it's probably particularly challenging for this person to navigate social situations, to navigate life on life's terms with imperfect people and imperfect situations and disappointments. And I have no doubt that there is something that has happened in their past, probably repeatedly, that got the message across to them that they are not allowed to communicate their wants, their needs, their fears directly. And that can look different for everyone. Maybe this person grew up in a home where it was not safe to come out and say, you're scaring me, where it wasn't safe to say, you're disappointing me, or I need more. Maybe they were afraid that if they said that, there would be a physical price to pay. Maybe there's an emotional one. 
Maybe they were afraid of abandonment. And we don't have to get too deep in exploring why someone feels that way. But we can just honor that if anyone shows up to this situation and their words and their actions and their energy is not matching, there's probably something underlying that. And it probably has a lot to do with fear of not expressing themselves or not getting their needs met. And so as we're saying that, there's that invitation to show up with empathy. And I never recommend empathy without boundaries or empathy without standards, but we can show up with empathy. Obviously, this other person wants to communicate something and they feel like they can't. And then what happens in the situation? Because the shift in power dynamics, like I mentioned earlier, it can be profound. It can lead to a sense of unease, frustration, confusion. And we're not really sure how we're supposed to show up. And that's actually the desired effect. If this person can exert control through passive aggressive behavior, we are constantly confused, on edge, hypervigilant, looking over our shoulders, walking around on eggshells. And then what happens in the relationship? These behaviors erode trust. They remove emotional safety from the dynamic. And whether it's our family dynamic, an intimate partnership, or a work situation, this frustration and hostility, albeit indirect, it creates an atmosphere of uncertainty and tension. And that's wildly destructive because on some level, I'm sure that we all believe that trust is an incredibly important part of any healthy relationship or dynamic. And when someone introduces unpredictability in their communication and their energy and their actions, it really undermines that trust and it removes it and it actually prevents it from returning. So when we resort to veiled expressions of dissatisfaction or sarcasm or protest behaviors or indirect communication, it might feel good for a moment, right? Again, it's that jab that we're giving to that other person but it actually prevents other people from relying on our words and actions. And the uncertainty it creates breaks down that trust. And we cannot rely on what someone says, what someone does, what they're telling us they feel. Sincerity is removed from the dynamic. And I don't know about you, but I'm a big believer that emotional safety is incredibly important for honest and open communication. It's important for growing and evolving our relationships. And when we choose to compromise it by engaging in passive aggressive behaviors, we're also denying the other person in the relationship the ability to develop trust with us, to navigate conflict, to find a resolution. We're saying, I don't even believe that that's possible, so I'm going to take this other route. And instead of trying to come to some sort of resolution together, I'm just going to leave you on edge. I'm going to make sure that you feel some underlying tension every time you try to engage with me. I'm going to make sure that you don't feel secure in your assessment of situations. I'm going to make sure that you're always confused. And I'm going to create a lack of transparency and empathy in our connection. And I do so 
maybe not even aware that I'm going to create hesitancy within you about communicating with me because you're always afraid of my backlash, my resentment, my veiled anger, and you're not sure how to connect with me. It's a great way to keep someone at arm's length while also almost having our hand around their throat because they're not sure how to show up in the relationship or how to communicate with us anymore. And it creates this situation where the other person is constantly censoring themselves because they feel like they have to play emotional chess with us. So if we're showing up with passive aggressive behavior, the other person is feeling like they have to review every single thing they think, they say, they feel before they engage with us. What a great way to control someone else, right? To prevent the development of trust and emotionally secure connections. If that other person is always guarded, always on edge, always afraid to say what they actually feel because I'm not saying what I actually feel, I create this really tense dynamic and I think it's going to get me where I want to go, but it never does. And when we continue to engage this way, we create a cycle of miscommunication and misunderstanding. And we can set the other person up to fail, right? So this person who has come to us in good faith, trying to do what they said they would do, the way they said they would do it, and if we're showing up with all of these passive-aggressive behaviors and communication, we're making sure that they can never resolve this conflict. They can never amend their words or behaviors, and they will leave us in a constant state of frustration, almost like a teacher chastising a student, a parent chastising a child, and it really destroys the relationship dynamic. And while it's challenging enough to do this in our personal relationships, I'm sure so many of us have had this experience in work environments. And I personally believe that work can be incredibly emotional. This is where you receive money for all of your time. If that is not an emotional exchange, I don't know what is. And very often we spend more time with the people we work with, even if we work remotely, than we do with our closest friends or family members. So passive aggressive behaviors in the work environment can be very difficult. And it's especially challenging when the power dynamics are so off balance. Maybe we're engaging in passive aggressive communication, but we're the manager and we're overseeing a group of people. What does that create? How does that contribute to the everyday experience of the people who work with us? Maybe our manager is in earnest trying to communicate with us, but we're showing up passive aggressively and we're putting the burden on them to decode our feelings, our thoughts, our needs, but we are preventing them at every turn. So I'm saying all of that, but I always think examples really help. And I think in work situations, we can show up with nonverbal communication or minimal verbal communication. And that can be something like not answering when someone's speaking, not meeting eye contact, shrugging instead of actually using our words. Or when we have repeatedly expressed displeasure or annoyance and someone asks us what's going on and we say, nothing, I'm fine. Or if someone comes to us and asks, is there an issue? Has something gone wrong? Has something gone on? And we resist and say, no, nothing happened. But we're using our tone to express ourselves. 
So how do we navigate these situations? How do we show up in earnest when we are being met with passive-aggressive communication? Now, I'm not writing a script for you. I don't work in your work environment, and I don't speak the way that you do. I don't know the words you use, but I'm going to move through some basics that I think can be very empowering for us in these out-of-control situations so that we don't feel like we're floundering. That no matter what someone shows up with, we feel very grounded and centered in who we are and how we communicate. The first thing I would always recommend is remaining calm and open, observing versus judging. And that can look like just observing the obvious. I always talk about that even in my work environment, that there's no harm in stating the obvious. So if someone is shrugging, not answering you, not looking you in the eyes, really trying to insinuate something without saying it, observing the obvious can sound like, I know you're saying you're fine, but the way you're saying it or your body language or your energy is telling me something else. Would you like to share what the issue is? Because if you share what it is, we can address it together and I would really like to do that. And we always have the option to remain respectful of people's boundaries and to clarify and set expectations because not everyone is going to move on our schedule. And I think that that's really important. Sometimes people need to sit with their feelings. Sometimes they're not aware of how they feel. They just know that there is a feeling or they are uncomfortable or they're not sure what to say. So demanding that someone show up and immediately communicate in a way that you deem appropriate can actually be pretty damaging. So I would encourage saying something like, I'm not going to push you further right now, but if you'd like, I am very open to talking about this at another time. I would like to resolve issues before they become bigger issues. It's also really helpful to schedule another check-in and giving that person almost a time frame to work with. So it's not just open-ended. It's not, I'm going to say I'm going to follow up, but I'm not. I'm going to hope it goes away. You're actually creating an opportunity to check in with them again. And that offers them the opportunity to maybe process what's going on inside them, maybe make a list of things they want to talk about, maybe putting together words that help them to feel empowered. Because again, they don't have to be on our schedule. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it's so easy. I could sit down and create a podcast episode where we just point fingers at what everyone else is doing. But I'm not sure that that's helpful. And I think it's actually way more impactful if we check in with ourselves and say, what opportunities do I have to show up in this situation? What am I doing that might be escalating these situations? How might I be bringing an attitude, a reactive attitude, when someone else is approaching me with passive-aggressive behavior? And something I just mentioned was not approaching like a critical parent, because that would perpetuate the dynamic of someone communicating indirectly and in a judgmental way, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to be reactive. We want to be constructive, and we don't want to offer feedback based on perception. We want to rely on perspective. And perspective can look like, well, we have some emotional money in the bank. 
I've known you for X amount of time. I've seen you navigate things. So maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe something's going on that I'm not aware of. Maybe I need to give this person an opportunity to show up with grace. Maybe they just need a beat. They need a pause before they can show up to this conversation. And that can sound really different than saying, what's with the attitude? What's your problem? And forcing someone to communicate or demanding an on-the-spot resolution. We might want that so that we can move out of our discomfort, but will that actually get us where we need to go? Instead, can we model direct, open, and respectful communication? Because we can easily be pulled down into an unproductive space and aggressively demanding feedback or telling someone off or maybe even communicating our bottled up resentment or bringing up the past and saying something like, you're always like this. This is ridiculous. You're so childish. Yes, we might have that impulse, but will that get us where we need to go? Will that create emotional safety in the relationship? And when I mentioned modeling just now, I brought that up because I'm a firm believer that people learn by attraction, not promotion. So lecturing someone on how they are supposed to show up in a relationship dynamic very rarely works. In fact, it probably does inspire passive-aggressive behaviors in communication. But saying something like, I'm sensing that something is frustrating you. And it would be really helpful to understand what that is so that we can address it. Because I want things to get better. I want you to feel comfortable here. Maybe letting them know where we are can be helpful. Saying something like, it doesn't feel like everything's fine. And if there is something off kilter or something that's upsetting you, I would like us to be able to talk about it. And I am very open to listening. My goal here is not to be right. It's not to win. It's to find a resolution. I also think it can be really helpful when we talk about our intentions. So maybe someone in a passive aggressive state of mind is feeling really insecure and maybe they're trying to assess where we're coming from. So if we can be in alignment with our intentions and express ourselves sincerely, maybe we can create a sense of emotional safety. And we can do this by saying something along the lines of, I don't want to pretend that everything is okay when it's not. Can you please share what has happened? A phrase I often say on this podcast is, have I harmed you in ways that I'm not aware of? Or have I unknowingly said or done something to cause offense? Or I want us to work on having respectful, open, and honest communication so that you feel you can say if something is bothering or concerning you, and I can do the same. And it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out process. We feel like we can show up in safety, in honesty, and we can come together and find some kind of solution. Now, I know for a fact that that is all much easier said than done. And I know that when we are in a situation and we are starting to have those physical responses to someone else's behavior or lack of communication, it can be really challenging to model respectful behavior. But that's why we think about it, process it, talk about it, and practice it before it happens. And we practice it on a regular basis so that we're not waiting for those 
critical crisis, everything's on the line moments to dig into our bag of tools and see if something works. Not reserving these skills for the worst case scenario. Maybe leading with them, even if there's just slight underlying tension. And practicing the art of creating that emotional safety and respectful communication. Now the other part of it is our responsibility. When we've given a speech about emotional safety or finding solution, we have made a commitment to show up in good faith. Because how often have we been in a situation where someone says, tell me the truth, I really want to hear it. And then we share our truth and there are consequences. So I bring that up because it is essential to creating safety in our relationships. Active listening is not listening for how I can weaponize something you just said. Compassionate communication is not adding up all the little hurts so I can zing you as soon as you're done talking. It's not building up our arsenal that we can use against someone. Active listening actually requires a lot of pausing and processing. So we use the word active listening, but we're actually asking someone to take a step back to allow all the communication to come in and to not point a finger. Maybe taking that communication and immediately reflecting and saying, what part of this feels true to me? What have I contributed to this dynamic? Could I be doing something different? What is most important to me? Do I want to be right? Do I want to assert dominance? Do I want to be in the power dynamic where I am above and the other person feels like they're below me? Or do I want to create emotional safety? So even if when you first began listening to this podcast episode, and maybe you immediately thought of someone in your life who is engaging in passive-aggressive communication behaviors, I hope that in listening to this episode, you've seen maybe what you have contributed to the situation or moments when you engaged in passive-aggressive communication or behaviors and you did this as a bid for connection or a way to get your needs met. So we can bring empathy, awareness, self-forgiveness to this situation and we can recalibrate. I just want to remind everyone, these behaviors and communication habits were formed in our past, often before we arrived to this particular situation or dynamic. It was a way of getting our message across. So instead of expressing our thoughts and feelings directly and honestly, we were encouraged, consciously, unconsciously, to be very indirect in some way to engage in power dynamics and emotional games, hoping that others would decode our actions for us so that we didn't have to do the work of communicating and maybe we also didn't have to do the work of navigating the consequences that might have come up in those previous situations. And it's so interesting to me because rarely does passive-aggressive behavior or communication Get us what we actually want. It can be very self-destructive, but in order to amend it, to try something new, we first have to recognize it. And that's why on this podcast, I always encourage people to self-reflect. Even if we could name 10 people who are wildly passive-aggressive in destroying their relationships, 
that's not where the work is. The work is to recognize where have we shown up, even if only 1% with passive-aggressive thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and how can we work to intentionally express what we want, what we need in a calm, straightforward, open, honest, respectful, and non-threatening way. Well, I hope this podcast episode has resonated for everyone and offered a lot of food for thought, opportunities for self-reflection, for self-correction, and an ability to identify the level of trust that we are seeking in our relationships. It is always my hope with every single one of these episodes that they offer opportunities to increase the amount of ease, comfort, trust, and safety in your relationships. And I encourage you to maybe share this episode with one person in your life who would benefit from some of these tools. Maybe someone who's been experiencing this in their partnership, in their family, maybe in their work dynamic. And what they really need are some tools to show up, to move through it, and find solution. Until next time, please make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Maybe take a moment to like, rate, or review this podcast. And thank you again for listening to Love Letters and Mixtapes.